This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Dave DuPont. He's the CEO of a company called Team Snap. He has more than 20 years of experience in technology leadership positions. He's previously CEO of Sanrad, a venture-backed storage networking company, which he joined in 2006. He also helped found Left Hand Networks, a boulder-based company sold to Hewlett Packard. Prior to that, he was with Hewlett Packard. He's an avid skier and wannabe competitive cyclist. He lives in Boulder with his wife, Deb, and two children and enjoys reading, cooking, and micro breweries. Dave, are you ready to take us to the top i am indeed nathan why just a wannabe competitive cyclist why not go win some races i started a little too late and i'm a little too big <laughs> fair enough all right so you're based out there in boulder it's not fat or anything but i'm 6'3 190 and if i was going to be a cyclist i'd weigh about i don't know 155 or something <laughs> tell us about team snap what's the business doing how do you make money Sure. So what we are is the, that we like to say we're the fabric for group activities. We're a utility, a tool that people use to organize and communicate on teams and other kinds of organizations. And what's your business model? How do you make money? We make money in a variety of ways, primarily through subscriptions that are paid to us by coaches, managers of teams or uh, administrators within larger sports organizations. We also take a cut of transaction payments for the activities that we help manage. And we do more, um, increasingly we're advertising as well. Okay. And what, uh, what are the, you kind of just mentioned three revenue streams, a flat SaaS fee per month, a percentage cut, and then advertising as well. Um, tell me which, which of those three makes up most of your revenue is the flat SaaS fee. Yeah, you listed those in the right priority order. Great. What is the average customer paying you just per month, just on the SaaS side of things? Just on the SaaS side of things, the average customer, the, the average user isn't paying us anything, actually, or the typical user is not paying us anything. It's the coach or manager that pays for the whole team, Okay. or the club or league pays for the entire organization. Well, tell me about the paying. Yeah, tell me about the paying customers, the average paying customer. What are they paying? Okay, the average paying customer at the team level is paying us about uh, 15 bucks a month Okay. for the whole team. And the average organization is paying us approaching 2,000 bucks a month. Okay, and I want to make sure I understand that. So 15 bucks is the seat price, and then the average organization has, what, 100 seats in it or 150 seats? No, I appreciate you asking that. The average organization, the average team, so think of it as a pyramid. Bottom of the pyramid is participants. They use TeamSnap for free. So they're not paying anything. The next level up is a team. And one can use TeamSnap as an autonomous team. So that's the 15 bucks a month per average. So if you look at the average team with 13 participants, and if it's a youth team, it's got parents, the average team is around 30 something. So that ends up being 30 seats for a team. Which is like, and it's still 15, 15 bucks total. Yeah. 
Yeah, 15 bucks total, 50 cents a piece. Now, if you look at a club or a league, you're talking about hundreds of people in that case. I see. I see. Okay, that's helpful. Do one of those different cohorts make up the majority of your revenue or is it split pretty evenly? Traditionally, we most of our revenue came from teams. In fact, all of our revenue until recent years came from teams. And over we have introduced services for clubs, leagues, and associations that are linked to our team solution. So when a club or league uses us, people on the team benefit from like the league schedule being immediately available to them, things like that. And um, that part of our business is now, that is clubs, leagues, and associations represent almost 40% of our overall business. So it's a, it's growing 100% year over year, actually over 100%, and is, and is an exciting part of our overall business. And ignoring organizations for a second, but how many teams are using the platform today, paying paying teams? Over a million. You have oh, you have over a million paying teams. That's incredible. Right. That's not seats. That those are that's actual paying teams. And then there's probably two, three, four, five million. Well, thirty million. You said it was the average thirty seats, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. Okay, give us more of the backstory here. So you, what year did you found the company in? Two thousand and nine. Two thousand. Hell of a time to start a company, huh? The best time to start a company. Uh, Why is it the best time? Because you really have to have a great idea when the economy's down to get funding, to get rolling. You have to have an excellent idea when people don't want to spend money and don't want to invest money. So there's been other, you know, people who have made this comments, but but I would argue that the trough of of a recession is the best time to get a company rolling. At cheapest capital, most opportunity. Low, low opportunity costs. Yeah. I mean, you've got, you've got to provide a great solution that people will pay for and invest in number one. And relatively speaking, you have hungrier people in terms of talent available and, um, you also have access to more resources. Now, have you decided to, well, actually, do you remember what first year revenue was back in 2009? Uh, let me think about that for a second. Uh, it was, it was minuscule. I'm going to say less than a hundred thousand. Okay. And what were you able to scale that to in year two? We have grown between 70 and a hundred percent every year. Okay. So so that's really aggressive growth. I'm not going to keep going down the chain though. I'm just curious from year one to year two, what was the growth? Like, did you break a 500 K or a million in 2010? I think it took us till year, year three to get to 300 K. I mean a million. Okay. Got it. So, so we'll say 2012 is when you hit kind of the million ARR run rate range. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then have you decided to bootstrap this or have you raised capital? Both. So we, we bootstrap. <laughs> come, on, come on, you can't be both, Dave. That's a that's like black or white. Well, we're talking about time, right? So <laughs> if, I, if I point to today, yes, we're venture funded. If I point to the early days, uh, we were, I, I like to say we were quasi bootstrapped. We didn't take institutional capital until 2014. Okay. So, okay, you, you were bootstrapped for about five years there. How'd you fund the company? Did you have a personal exit before that or personal wealth or what? Yeah, I had a personal exit and I did have some investments, small investments from uh, business school classmates, for instance, and uh, local area angels, things like that. How much but, did you personally put into accounts. the business, would you say? I put in a couple hundred thousand. Okay. And what are you at today? Total funding? 43.7. Four, okay. So you've gone pretty aggressive there. Yes. Yes. But I'll, I'll just mention that almost all of that has come since 2014. Got it. Now, am I doing the math correctly? You mentioned you had a million customers and I'm just talking about your teams, not your organizations, but a million 
teams and you said the average monthly price was 15. If I multiply those, that puts you at like over 150 million a month. So I'm missing something's wrong here. Yeah. So um, I'm referring to um, the average amount that an active user or an active team gives us, but teams are not active throughout the year. So sadly, I'm not at 150 million. So just to be, so break that down for me. So again, if I can't take a million teams and multiply times 15 to say you're doing 150 million a month, what you're saying is it's seasonal. They come off and on. They come off and on. Exactly. So is $15 more like an average contract and annual contract value size? No. Um, when a team is paying us, they're paying us about 15 bucks a month, but we don't, we don't require teams to pay us in the months that they're not active. Interesting. I mean, okay, look, so most SaaS companies, churn is a huge issue. Now you're kind of, how you're talking about it, you're not calling it churn. You're saying kind of when they're not active. Why is that? Or is it churn? Because they come back in the following year. It's very predictable. Yeah, they're not really off our platform in the sense they're not, they're, they're using us when they, yeah. Yeah, I guess, you know, we do look at churn a little bit differently than most. It's not their churning and not coming back, they're simply inactive for a period of time and we're not charging them during that period. Okay, that makes sense. Maybe the better question, what's the average team paying you per year? Okay, the average team per year, the average contract with an annual subscription is about 80 bucks. Okay, got it. So I can kind of divide 80 by 15 to get a general sense of how many months per year they're active on you. Yeah. Okay, now even that number, even that if I take 80 times a million, that puts you at 800 million in annual revenue there. So one of my numbers is wrong. Well, it puts, you, it puts me at 80 million. Yeah. Oh, did I do? Oh, uh, there's an extra zero. That's why. My fault. It's an extra zero. And I think that I may have answered your question wrong in the sense of, I think you were asking maybe number of paying teams and I answered number of active teams. Ah, and yes. And all the active teams are paying. Pa sorry. Pa yeah, that's exactly it. Paying teams. What are you, of the million, how many are paying? Well, we don't release revenue numbers, so I don't want to, you know, enable people to to figure out what our revenue is exactly. But I'll, but I'll tell you that our conversion rate—we have a freemium model. Our conversion rate is much higher than most companies. Okay, um, I'm just ignorant here. I don't know what most companies are. Can you give us a big range? I know you don't want to say the specific yeah. one. So, so yeah, so. With freemium models, most companies are lucky. And, and in fact, it, this allows me to tell a story. Um, I had a conversation with a VC friend of mine early in the history of the company. And he said, uh, I think freemium models don't make, make any sense. And I said, well, why is that? And he says, well, let's just take an example. Let's imagine that you make you know, X dollars and your conversion rate is Y. Okay, Let's just say 10 bucks a month. And the conversion is Y. And um, I said, actually, our conversion is um, more than three Y. I don't want to get to the exact number, but he's like, oh, forget everything I was about to say then. So what we find is when people use TeamSnap, they love it and they use it. OK, uh, I'm going to try and narrow the range a little bit to the extent you're comfortable. I mean, more or less than 250, you know, thousand are active paying. Um. You're in the right range. Okay. So, okay. Fair enough. So maybe we'll say plus or minus 100,000 around 250,000. Is that okay? That's okay. Okay. That's vague enough for you. We're all comfortable. I'm comfortable. All right. You can still beat the hell out of your competitors. All right. <laughs> all right. So plus or minus uh, 100K on around 250,000 active folks paying, but they have a really unique model in terms of 
freemium where they've got a million and kind of an onboarding conversion rate that's very, very high. Did I get that right? All right. Tell me about acquisition, Dave. How are you, how are you finding new customers? What's kind of the weirdest thing you've done to onboard folks? The weirdest thing we've done? Um, I'm not sure. Nothing weird comes to mind. So first of all, um, we benefit from having a consumer application and enterprise applications. So we've got both. So we actually have two modes of acquisition. One is consumer, and that has two components itself. And the other is enterprise, and that's got a number of components that I'll get to in a second. So on the consumer side, people, we, we have a, about a 30%, 30% of our new customers come through come to us through referrals. You're the, you're the coach of a team, or you're a player or a parent on a team that uses TeamSnap, and you tell other people about it, and they use it. So that that is the only way we were acquiring customers in the early days. And now that we have money to spend on marketing, we've augmented that with mostly paid internet marketing. So Google, Facebook, et cetera. What did you, do you mind sharing what you spend last month just in terms of your paid channels altogether? Uh, we're, we're spending about half a million a month. Okay, got it. And, and are those mostly on Google and Facebook ads? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we do other things besides, but but the payback is very strong for us. What is so that in terms of months? It it ends up being uh, we especially look at LTV to CAC, and that's about three point five. Okay, okay, got it. That's helpful. But you could still, I mean, I've seen a lot of SaaS companies get in trouble for this. Their LTV to CAC ratio is healthy, but if it takes them five years to recover CAC, even if your ratio is healthy, it doesn't work. No, we're we're a year or less. Oh, okay, great. So less than twelve months. That's great. Yeah, and and I should mention that um, we over time have been expanding our monetization streams. So when I talk about those figures and we talk about the time to break even, I'm referring only to the subscription. And when a team starts using us, we're, you know, we, we're starting to make advertising revenue, starting to um, open up other streams. Now, let's shift gears and talk about clubs, leagues, and associations. So there, the acquisition model is we still get referrals. And in fact, we benefit from many referrals from coaches and managers and even individual parents. Can you name one? Like, is this a sports team in central California, the soccer coach of the middle school? Like, give me a real human. Real human. Um, Give you an example. Um, Twin Lakes, uh, Twin Cities Baseball in uh, Marin County. So which uh, state? um, I'm sorry. um, Northern California. Okay. So um, the... um, Originally, um, a coach in that organization started using us for his team, really liked us, brought us to the board of the um, Little League Association and our Little League, actually local Little League, and they tested us and, and started using us. That's a very typical phenomenon. Land and expand. Well, land and expand is a little, I guess that is a form of land and expand. Yes, that's a vertical land and expand. That's a, and I actually hadn't talked about it that way. We also um, we also land and expand from a horizontal point of view because we're a great, um, especially a great communication solution for the club or the league to communicate with all the people on the teams. Um, so it's a service we offer, easy to adopt. In many cases, clubs or leagues already have teams using us, so they can add that service. But we also offer registration, club and league level scheduling website, um, and other services. And as time goes, we, we expand those as well. 
Guys, big news. Last month was a huge month for the company I recently acquired, which was www.thetopinbox.com. I liked the company so much when I met the person who created it. It lets you send emails later on Gmail, set up reminders like snooze almost to keep your inbox clean, do things like send auto follow-ups and do open tracking so you know when your emails get opened. It's great if you're in sales or CEO or trying to be more productive. So listen, I bought the whole company on the spot and I want to tell you how I did it. I've showed the deal, by the way, to big, smart people, private equity firms, VCs, and they're dumbfounded. They go, Nathan, how did you do this? We've never seen a deal like this. How did you do this? So I did an unbelievable deal and I want to show you the income report. So for me to send you the income report, go to www.thetopinbox.com. Click the red button that says install this on Gmail. And when you do that, my email will appear. It'll appear in a little uh, Gmail pop-up window. Send me an email and I'll reply immediately with the income report. And you can see how I'm buying and growing small B2B SaaS companies. That's www.thetopinbox.com. Totally free to try and use. www.thetopinbox.com. Going back to your team cohort, again, we're really focusing, it's just one sector of your business. You also have agency organization plus two other whole different revenue streams, but just your team and just SaaS, what do you pay usually to acquire one of those customers? Mm, well, that, I mentioned that the payback is about uh, a year's time, so we're paying on the order of 80 bucks. bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes good sense. Um, are you looking, is that a comfortable number for you or are you trying to maybe increase that with additional channels to find new customers or you're happy with it? Um, I mean, we're, we're always trying to um, manage to lower numbers, to expand the number of customers we're acquiring. But it's a solid number for us because you, know, you mentioned a lot of companies get into trouble. These stats that I'm referring to, I mean, we've been at this now for eight years. So they're historical and very predictable moving forward. However, the economics actually work even better on the club and league side because we have such strong grassroots support. We're not calling anybody cold. We did, I, didn't, I didn't have a chance to mention the acquisition model there. It's referrals. It's also paid marketing and outbound marketing. So we actually reach out to, in many cases, organizations that have teams, snap teams, and proactively um, touch them with an inside sales force. That model works super well. The LTV to CAC is twice as good. The payback period is same order of magnitude, about a year. The churn is lower. Because a coach tends to, his, uh, especially if it's youth sports, tends to move on and do other things after three or four years, and his kid no longer plays on a particular team. But an organization sticks with you longer. Yep. Yeah. On that team side, just to make sure to round out these numbers. So if, if you're paying 80 bucks, $80 worth of CAC and your LTV to CAC ratio, I think you said is 3.5. That means you assume generally back in the napkin lifetime value is about 240 bucks, um, which means, and again, annual contracts, 80 bucks. So you assume they stick with you for about almost three years, which makes it, I believe, 3% monthly logo churn or about 36% logo churn annually. Does that sound about right for that cohort? Yeah, the LTV is a little higher than that, but we, we end up with 15% churn on an annual basis at the team level and 5% churn wow. at, the, at the club and league level. Now that's logo churn. What about revenue churn? Do you have, do you have negative, net, uh, net, negative net revenue in any of those cohorts yet? We're close to that on the club league side. And in some months we do. That's great. Now, do you have, tell me about your team and, and do you have a big inside sales force to drive expansion ARPU on those uh, you know, big teams and organizations? We're developing a pretty big sales force. Um, we, we, it's, a, it's a newer part of our business. Mm -hmm. And um, it's- What's the team uh, size now? 
Uh, we're approaching 150 people. Okay. And where are you guys all based? We have a remote model. So we have about 25 or so people in maybe 30 at this point in Colorado in general. We have somewhere around 20 people that show up in the office in most days. And our model is uh, we don't really care where people work, but we found that um, on the sales side, we be- we benefit from putting junior sales reps together in a pool bullpen kind of deal. So they all learn from each other and they kind of compete and have a good camaraderie. And then as they develop, they are free to not come in the office if as long as they're and they're meeting their quotas. When it comes to software developers and designers and others, many of them are attracted to TeamSnap because of our remote model. It's actually worked well for us. And then there are a couple of folks um, uh, <laughs> that happen to live in Boulder and like seeing people. So they come I in. Show- this all days. Uh, I happen to have had a doctor's appointment, so I'm home a little little early. But but I'm in the office most days. Our finance guys are traditionalists as well. There are a couple other people who are there most days. That's great. Well, let's uh, last question here before we kind of wrap up. Have you broken the kind of magical fifty million dollar ARR mark yet, or is that a goal for this year or next? We're clo- we're getting close to that. You think you great. you think you'll break it this year? It's a stretch goal. I- I think we will, let me think through the numbers here. I think we'll break it at the beginning of next year. That's really, really great. Yeah, I just did back of the napkin math, 250,000 customers, plus or minus 100,000. This is one cohort, one of your three revenue streams at an $80 ARPU puts you about 20 million just there. Uh, and that's, you know, you, I think you said 40% of your business. So healthy growth. What do you do with the business? I mean, you've raised a bunch of capital. Are, are you going to go, do you want to raise more capital now? Would you sell the sales force for a bunch of money? What's your goal? Uh, so my goal is, uh, we're in this for the long term. Um, I was actually talking to, uh, to an industry observer and investor today. We were not, we're not looking for money. Uh, we raised 25 million only nine months ago. Um, we ex- are you cash flow ex- positive? Uh, we're not, but we could be at any time. Our net burn is pretty close to our discretionary marketing. So that's that 500,000 per month that you talked about earlier. Yeah. So we're, I mean, it's, we, we are in good shape with cash. Um, so around this time next year, we'll, we'll be figuring out where we go from here. Um, we, we will be cash flow rate break even then if we want to be at a much higher revenue level. And, um, uh, you know, we'll see. Um, I, as long as we continue to grow at the pace we're growing now, um, I, I want to keep going. And I also have uh, a desire to... I think we've got a tremendous opportunity. I think uh, we are on the path to being a billion-dollar company. I have no desire to sell out quickly to anybody. Um, I recognize that there is a strong likelihood that somebody will make us an offer that we cannot refuse at some point. But I'd rather just aim at getting as big as we can get, adding as much value as we can add, shooting for an IPO, recognizing that we may never get there, but we're going to create a fantastic product over the long haul. That's a very different strategy. We have competitors in our space that are- Name one or two. Pardon me? Name one or two. Um, I'll name uh, the larger competitors. Um, Comcast has a subsidiary. Really? Yep, Sports Engine. Um, There is uh, Time Inc. has a subsidiary called SI Play, Sports Illustrated Play. Um, Dick's Sporting Goods actually is a competitor in the marketplace with with a solution called- um, Blue Sombrero and Infinity and another one called Affinity Sports. And the last is a private equity funded uh, company called Blue Star Sports. 
we are we're pursuing a, a strategy which is long term. We're going to be building a great, usable, integrated product, integrated across the different kinds of organizations and teams I was referring to, and really focused on customer experience. Some of our competitors are just um, uh, purchasing small players and um, aggregating payments. You know, so a short-term uh, private equity play versus uh, long-term, fifteen years, six, twenty years uh, enduring company kind of. Scene. If Comcast whipped out a check that was ten x your current ARR, so let's say somewhere around four hundred million bucks, and offered that to you, is that a can't refuse refuse kind of offer? It's a good question. Um, kind of depends at a moment in time. I mean, last year, sure. This year. Maybe next year, probably no way in hell. <laughs> I like that. On that note, let's wrap up with Dave on the famous five. Dave, number one, what's your favorite business book? Ah, you got all a bunch behind you. Which one's your favorite? I'll say I don't read a lot of business books because they tend to be long and uninteresting. I, I like reading articles instead. Um, but I'll name a couple that, or I'll name one that, that I read recently that I liked, which is the hard thing about hard things. Yep. That's a good one. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Oh, um, and I'm forgetting Samir's last name. Um, but he's the CEO of SendGrid and, uh, he was for servant leadership. I agree with a lot of the principles that he exhibits in his role. So he's one guy. There you go. You said you cut out for a second. You said Samir's the CEO of SendGrid. Yes. Yeah, I think his last name, it's hard to pronounce, but it's uh, like Dlakvia or something like that. Or, or Lack, yeah, Lackia. Yeah, D, but I wasn't even going to try to pronounce it. But <laughs> we know who, you know who I'm talking about. I do. Great I'll guy. I'll say that in general, my, my philosophy on you know, leaders and people and, and uh, you know, sort of heroes, I think... Um, I, I prefer to uh, follow lots of people and to, to take best practices. I steal ideas uh, from many, many people. That's awesome. I love, I love, he I love hearing it. Dave, besides your own, number three here, besides your own, what's your favorite online tool, like Acuity Scheduling? Favorite online tool? Um, hmm, besides the basic like mail and things like that. Yeah, something um, you use daily to build and grow the business. Let's see. What am I using that's a little different? Maybe um, I've become a recent adherent with my with the Apple Pencil to Evernote. Apple Pencil to Evernote. We got it. Number uh, four. How many hours of sleep do you get every night? Seven. Okay. And Dave, what's your situation? Married, single? You have kiddos? I am married. Just celebrated my thirtieth anniversary. Wow. And have two kids. Congrats. One of whom's living the dream in San Francisco with another startup, the Tote. And uh, the other is organizing music for cruises out of New York. I love that. And how old are you, Dave? They are 27 and 25. How old are you? Oh, how old am I? Yeah. I am approaching um, a milestone birthday. <laughs> Diplomatically answered. I love it. Well, take us back from your diplomatic uh, uh, endpoint coming up here and uh, tell us what you wish your 20-year-old self knew. Uh, what I always say to people is um, nobody does it alone. Nobody does it alone. Nobody does it alone. So what I mean by that is, um, is you know, give, give, and uh, work with uh, a community because you're 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 not going to make anything great happen by yourself. 
There you guys have it from Dave. You're not going to make anything great happen by yourself. Founded in 2009 after success, successful exit himself. He bootstrapped his company for the first four or five years, putting in several hundred thousand bucks himself, along with some close local friends. They now have 150 people, totally remote team. Again, helping really organizations, teams, folks that touch any aspect of sporting manage their team, their team communication. They're doing well over 20, 30 million bucks in annual recurring revenue, hoping to break that magical $50 million mark here soon. Uh, 43 million dollars raised really healthy cac to ltv ratios being really smart about growth dave thank you for taking us to the top thanks for taking the time to talk to me nathan enjoyed it good questions by the way